0: This story uh, revolves a lot around what people want most out of life. In the in the setting of of this story, uh, it it happens one year later in the in Earth's uh, in the children's lives, and it's happening thirteen hundred years later in Narnia. Sorry, Harrison Ford, fell. There we go. Nobody. Cried for Harrison Ford just when the panda went down. Oh, the panda! Who cares about Harrison Ford? He's old, you know. He's, uh, he's lived a good life. Uh, but in uh, and when the children come back, uh, Narnia is very, very different place. Uh, no longer is Aslan uh, spoken about. In fact, uh, people are actually taught that he never existed, and. The magic that, that we saw in the first, uh, in the first movie, that everybody said that that was just a fairy tale and, and it never really happened. And the the whole world had shifted into a different type of place. It shifted from a place where people were focused on what was good and and uh, the redemption that came through Oslan, who was the Christ, who is the Christ figure in this story, to a real human. Um, life of just uh, what you can get, you know, as much as money and power and greed. And it's kind of funny as you look at uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, I, I believe that there's so many different parallels in that world that we can draw in our world today. And there's many, many different characters in this story, but I wanted to focus on four characters uh, in particular. Uh, there's Lucy, and she's the youngest out of the four children. Lucy doesn't have title. Um, she's not a leader, official leader of anything. Um, she's just a, a child who who is going along, and she's doing the best she can. And uh, she's one who really keeps faith in Aslan, and that he is going to come through for her uh, in the end. It's kind of interesting. All the children have these really, really cool weapons and things like that that they were given. Peter has a sword, and um, Susan, she has her bow, and Lucy, she, she just has this, this healing potion, which, you know, going into battle, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, look at my weapons, and nobody really cares about Lucy's thing until they need it, and then all of a sudden she has the really cool gift. The other character that we want to look at today is Prince caspian now- Prince Caspian is an interesting character that he was being raised up in this new world. he didn't know any different and and when uh, he was told about old Narnia, it was uh talked about as fairy tales, and it's something that was not real that Aslan was this far off you know creature you know and and that the dwarfs and all these kind of different characters really didn't exist. And what he really wanted, though, was to be king. He wanted it was the kingdom was rightfully his as far as the bloodline went, and he wanted to get it from his uh, evil uncle who was sitting on the throne. So that's what he really wanted most in life. Then there was Peter. Now Peter was the oldest the eldest child out of the four, and before he went back to earth, uh, he was high king of of Narnia. He was in charge of the whole thing, and he loved Narnia, and what he wanted to do most was was save Narnia and kind of reclaim that that former glory that he had, and it's kind of interesting. The children had lived full lives, and then when they uh, went back to Narnia, they were children again, and when they went uh, excuse me, back to earth, they were children again and then when they came back, they still had all their memories and and their experiences, but they were kids again. So, you have this rub of him, you know, trying to relive the good old days as a much younger man that he was than when he first experienced it. And then finally, there's a character named Trumpkin. And he he is in charge of the underground and he's kind of this grumpy little dwarf. I uh, think most dwarfs are, are grumpy in, in movies. And uh, and he didn't believe, in. even though he was a Narnian and even though he knew talking animals and things like that, he didn't believe in Aslan. He didn't believe in anything like that. He just was tired of being in exile. And he wanted to see Prince Caspian become king so that they could live out in the open. Now as we kind of go and we we travel and through this story today there's all of us have different desires in life and much like these four characters like lucy and and prince caspian and peter and Trumpkin, we we approach these things in different ways some of us have a desire to have a real relationship like just tight friendship some of us have the desire to be married some of us have a desire not to be married. Some of us have a desire to have success or, or, or uh, wealth or position and power. Some of us want to be popular. All of these different things. And many times as we're focusing on these things, there's choices that we make. There's compromises in our values that we'll make. Many times we'll take shortcuts to expedite what we perceive as as the distance between where we are and where we want to be. And as we look at these characters and looking at what they want and how they all come together, hopefully that we'll see and emerge as we're traveling through our own life and trying to grab onto what we truly desire, that there is a path. Now, in this situation and in the movie, there's a great amount of adversity going on. And I know so many of us, especially at this point or in the past or in the future, know what adversity is. I mean, you can't live a whole life without experiencing pain and adversity. And really the question comes down for a follower of Christ or maybe you and I today is, what are we going to have faith in as we go through our adversity you see in narnia the 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 narnians wanted to be able to live out in the open that that lucy wanted oslan to be glorified and him to come save them that that peter wanted to reclaim his glory prince caspian wanted the throne and trumpkin just wanted to live out in the open and what they would do to make that happen. Now, I, find that I found kind of a parallel scripture in Micah, and you might want to open up your Bibles to there. And I, I think that this is a very nice uh, point of scripture that kind of explains a lot of how at times we feel when we are in tons of pain, going through adverse times. And in verse 1, Micah writes, he says, What misery is mine? I feel like the fruit picker after the harvest, you can find nothing to eat. Not a cluster of grapes or a single fig can be found to satisfy my hunger. The godly people have all disappeared. Not one fair-minded person is left on earth. They are all murderers, even setting traps for their own brothers. They go about their evil deeds with both hands. That imagery is saying that they're doing it wholeheartedly. How skilled they are using them. Officials and judges alike demand bribes. The people with money and influence pay them off, and together they scheme to twist justice. Even the best of them is like a briar. The straightest is more crooked than a hedge of thorns. But your judgment day is coming swiftly now. Your time of punishment is here. Don't trust anyone, not your best friend or even your wife. For, the sons, for sons despise their father, and the daughters defile their mother, the daughters-in-law defile her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own hand. Now, I just want to pause right now. And in Scripture, there's kind of two different Scriptures. There's what's called prescriptive text and descriptive texts. And prescriptive texts is, is kind of like the Ten Commandments, like thou shalt not uh, commit adultery and stuff like that, or you should worship God with all your heart, mind, soul. And, uh, Those would be considered prescriptive texts. This is descriptive. This is just describing the, the current situation of how Micah is feeling in this moment. And as you can tell is, as he's writing this, the despair that he's feeling. And at these points of despair in our lives, when we really, truly want something, these are times that that we are most prone to making poor decisions. And we choose to stop putting our faith in Christ or God, who has always been faithful to us. And we start putting our faith in other things. Examples of this is I've met with people who so desperately want to be in a meaningful relationship that that they go to amazing odds to make it happen. That I've I know of people who who have met somebody and they've only known them like a week or two and and that person makes a decision that they feel is best for their life and maybe that's moving across country and they 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 follow. And yeah, you know what? Everybody can find stories that that worked out. But a lot of times our heart's desire is that we're taking control of the situation there. And we're not waiting on God. There's a portion in the movie where where they're basically in the war council and they're trying to decide if they should wait for, for the evil king's armies to come to them, to their stronghold, or if they should bring their armies to them and make them defend their stronghold. And they're going back and forth, back and forth, and there's Lucy in the midst of them. And when they all are done trying to deliberate what was best, she said, you know what? You're only offering up two options. There is a third. And they're like, what, what's the third? And she says, wait wait on Aslan to come and that is so hard for us to do it's so easy for us to to sit down and say okay here's the problem here's our options here's all our human options and let's just go for it when we're in action at least we feel emotionally that we're doing something but many times what we're really called to do is wait. Wait on God's timing. Because it is the perfect timing. And for us who who live in linear time, it's so hard for us to take a step out and and just wait for that. But God's timing, and this is where our faith comes in, and we're going to believe in our own timing and believe that what we want and how we want it right now is the right way to do it. Or are we going to wait on God? And I think as you look at that, you can look at different examples in life where where going in and not waiting and trying to get instant gratification, has you may have got the one thing that you want at that time, but at what cost? Probably the most easy example is credit cards going into credit card debt. You know, you know, oh, you know, three easy payments or or a low, you know, introductory APR, you know, or 0% APR for like 3 minutes or something like that. You know, and we we get in there and 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 we get that thing that we want right then, a TV, a trip or or whatever, and we end up paying for the rest of our life. I saw a commercial just yesterday and no joke that they were they were talking about check cashing and getting your your check in early so you could get the money that you deserve now and they flashed up the fine print at the end and the interest rate on it was like 99% and you could get a better deal at the local loan shark than that but where where does this drive from and i think i think it really when you strip it all away when you really strip it all away it comes down to trust and faith do you really trust that that god is going to provide all the things that you need or is that just nice little sunday school talk And really, if you're going to get what you want, you have to take it. Almost the, the pirate's thing, you know. Take all you can grab and give nothing back. And when we go down that route, we pay a lot of interest. And the enemy loves to charge interest. You know, when we really want something. When we really want something, we we a lot of times have to have self-leadership. And it's kind of interesting as you look at these these characters, what kind of leadership they provided for themselves. Caspian so desperately wanted to be king. And when he thought that he was not going to be able to to conquer the impending army, he decided that he was going to put his faith and trust in something else, and that was the white witch. And even though he would have to sell his soul and bow to her, at least he would be king of his earthly kingdom. Unfortunately, fortunately, he had people around him to stop him. Or Peter, who was once high king and so desperately wanted to reclaim the glory that he once had. And he trusted his sword. And he went and said, you know what, I'm going to fight, mano, y mano me with the other king, and I will get victory. Or Trumpkin, who had no time for fairy tales or Oslan or anything, would go out of his way to bring up an army so he could trade one king for another and then finally you have Lucy and it's interesting in the story Lucy for the longest time is the only one who can see or hear Aslan and it's because she's looking for him and nobody else is and you might think you know well that's just you know, because she's looking for God or she's looking for Jesus. And maybe in your, your world or when you're, you're following Christ and, you know, you think, oh, you know, you say something like, oh, you know, God led me to this or something. And people look at you like, you know, what are you talking about? Well, you know what, it's, that's not just true in the spiritual world. It's true in all things of life that you see what you're looking for. My kids they go to a school called Community Christian and Community Christian has these uh, little yellow license plates on the on the front of their cars and I see them all around town. Have you seen those? see a couple couple of people any connection with CCS? No okay a couple of people usually, only people that really recognize those and know those are people who are looking for them. Same is true when I was in the marketplace, I rented boomless, lifts, scissorless, lifts, and forklifts. You know what I see all over town? Boomless, lifts, scissorless, lifts, and forklifts. And I'll drive around town with somebody and I'll go, hey, look at that boom. What boom? You know, the 60 foot tall thing you know, sitting there. And it's like, oh, I didn't see it. You guys don't see it if you're not attuned to it, even if it's 60 feet tall right in the, on the side of the road for everyone to see. Why? Because we're not looking for it. And if I think if you look back and you think about things that you're interested in or you have familiarity with or, or things that you do in your work, that you may see these nuanced things that nobody else sees them. And the exact same thing is true as you're seeking out Christ. You see, Lucy was going along and everybody was with her and they were trying to find a path to Prince Caspian. And Aslan appeared to all of them, but only she saw him. And and he beckoned her to follow him. And... Nobody else saw him. they decided to go another way and she decided not to follow Aslan and but she, she went with everybody else and they were led into the midst of the army and of a, and a, uh, the, the enemy army and there was lots of danger involved. And she learned a lesson there that she learned le- later in the movie that no matter what, no matter what anybody else is doing, I am going to follow Aslan. And I think that that's the point. Really, that if there's any real spiritual truth in this movie is that we need to learn, is that no matter what anybody else is doing, we have to do the right thing, that we have to follow God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. In Micah, verse 7 through 9, he continues and says, As for me, I look to the Lord for his help, instead of doing what everybody else was doing previously, relying on their own strength, money, and power. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will certainly hear me. Don't gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord himself will be my light. I will be patient as the Lord punishes me for I have sinned against him. And I think it's so interesting here that he's, he's acknowledging where he had gone wrong. You know, it's Lucy in this movie who is really the centralized figure. as she seeks out God, seeks out Aslan. That even though she fails, at times she gets back up. And she finally realizes what she had wanted all along and that is for to have fellowship, direct fellowship with Aslan and everyone else to be able to be in his presence. And it all comes down to patience and and patience is so hard in the midst of adversity and pressure. Finally, in in Micah in verse 10 it says but after that he will take up my case and punish my enemies for all the evil they have done to me the Lord will bring me out of my darkness into light and I will see his righteousness then my enemies will see that the Lord is on my side they will be ashamed that they taunted me saying where is the Lord that God of yours with my own eyes, I will see them trampled like mud in the streets. And as we see in this, in this story and in this scripture and, and in our lives, how we respond to adversity and to those things that we want, are, are we going to take shortcuts? Are we going to take things into our own power? Are we going to wait for that relationship? Are we going to wait for that job? Are we going to wait for God's timing for these different things that our hearts desire? Or are we going to force the issue? And I think those of us, if we're really truly honest, and we look back at the times that we've forced a relationship or forced that thing we want or uh, forced getting a job or, or that may not be right for us or we may not be ready for, that we have truly experienced true pain. And if only we have waited on the Lord and his timing, we would have experienced all the blessings that he had in store. So I want to challenge you guys as we wrap up today, and maybe as you go and see this movie to, to really think about what do you desire? And what lengths are you willing to go to through to achieve it? Are you willing to wait on God to provide those things? Or Are you going to take matters into your own hands and try to get them right now because you want them right now? The question is, will we surrender our will for God's? And by doing so, truly be able to experience everything he has envisioned for us. Let's pray. Dear God, I just uh, I know that there's a lot of pain. I know that we all desire things. Some of those things are good. Some of those things are not good for us. God, I just pray that as we are in the midst of pain or adversity or in the midst, in the middle of the desert, that we will have faith large enough to wait on Your timing. that you will bring encouragement to each and every one of us, but we will learn the lessons of those in the past who've gone before us, that we have learned the lessons of our past, and to realize that when we force the issue, many times what you intend for a blessing will become a curse. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you.